0: Thank you so much for tuning in to the Attack Release Show. My name's Sam Moss. I'm with my good friend, Matt Garber. And today, the we are going to talk about how to make six figures, $100,000, hundred dollars grand, baby grand, baby Ruth, how to make six figures. <laughs> that is the topic today. Everyone loves money, or maybe you hate money, but we're going to discuss today... A little bit of a clickbait, how to make six figures from your music. And then we might also talk about why that doesn't matter. <laughs> so, Matt, <laughs> would you like to knock this out of the park? I'd love to knock it out of the park. Righteous. Let's do it. So,
1: righteous indeed. <laughs> Sam? Matt. This is, for all of you listening at home, this is this is us doing a take off of another take. So yes, righteous indeed. Righteous. Anywho, Sam. Matt. Why don't I tee you up Ooh. to talk about
0: if mo' money is mo' problems? Okay, great. Tee me up. Is that my tee?
1: I think it's your tee. Have yeah. I been teed? We haven't done this in a few weeks and I'm feeling a touch rusty. It's all right. I'm like a rusty tee to start your Wednesday. <laughs> Here we go.
0: All right, (laughs) friends. More money, more problems. Six figures. Let's talk about money today. Touchy topic. Before, let's see, before we proceed any further, what you're going to hear today is strictly Matt and Sam's opinion. This is not the end-all be-all on money or money's purpose or if it's good or bad or how you should approach it. This will be uh, just two guys' opinions Um, who have both made six figures and beyond off of things. And um, I just wanted wanted to um, today talk about basically my journey to making six figures and why once I got there, um, I found myself kind of in the same spot, which was a, what do I do now that I've made the money? So I kind of want to talk about my story, which is I started from nothing, like many people. Can we just
1: first say that this is like a really weird episode? Yeah,
0: that's fine. (laughs) Yeah,
1: this is a really weird episode that it's like kind of uncomfortable because like money's that like thing. It's like, do you talk about it or do you not talk about? Mm, Yes. And it's like you have people saying this is how you make six figures. Right. But it's not really denotating whether that's gross or net income. That's true too. And it's like, it's really easy to make like a hundred grand gross. Right. And it's a little bit more difficult to make it net, but not a lot more difficult. Right. You just do the same thing you're doing, only more. (laughs) Correct. And, uh, or better.
0: Yes. Or Or for more. Charge more, yeah. So
1: it's just kind of like really weird and uncomfortable. Um, but yeah just so just so everyone knows like we're in the same boat as you are, and we're trying to approach this topic as like, I don't know, kind of like as humbly as we can, because it's it is that weird of a of a thing to talk about, yes, but because it is a thing that people get hung up on so darn much, right, then you obtain that goal, and then you're like, well, now what, right? It's like, what are you going to go like from six figures to seven figures? It's like, well, that's a that's a bit of a leap. It is a leap. So, I'll let you I'll let you get back to your story, Sam. It's good but to I just wanted it. everyone to know that like it's as this is as awkward for us as it is for you. <laughs> so it's probably like a doctor during a physical. He probably doesn't like checking all the things that they have to check. But like, it's as awkward for them as it is for you. I imagine after a while it becomes routine. But. uh... <laughs> you probably, probably really never get completely used to it. Kind of like a colonoscopy or something. I don't know. <laughs> the colonoscopy of episodes. It's necessary.
0: So. You have to do it.
1: <laughs> Pull out your snake camera, Sam.
0: <laughs> okay.
1: Let's see what's around the bend. Here
0: we go. Ugh, so, yes. Weird. <laughs> so, my snake camera's out. So, money. Ew. Money is good. Money is good, but I view it as limited good. And I think the main thing... When I started out the first like five years was money for me was such a heavy focus because obviously you have bills to pay and we judge so much of success based on money and six figures is just a number that I grew up thinking about um, that that was a lot of money, that that would mean you are successful or that you're happy or that you have more money than you know what to do with. Um, And that was just kind of a number in my head that I grew up Midwest, Illinois, uh, low middle class, that if you made $100,000, then you were rich and that you had done something correct. Um, And so for me, Getting into the music industry, like I said, I started from nothing and I was heavily focused on wanting to make money. And I viewed money and success and fame as, um, as, as one of my main goals of getting into music. And I loved music, but I also saw music as a means to uh, as dumb as this may sound, to get rich. Which now looking at it, there are so many other industries you can get into to get rich <laughs> than music. That's a lot easier, in my opinion, than music. But I think within music, there's I um, I don't know, there's a lot of ego and pride and kind of um, clout if you can not only make good music, but also make the money with the music. You kind of get placed into this category that I've noticed that is like a bit of a unicorn to where... Um, it is it is could be viewed as it's really difficult to make money in the music industry, but as someone who has now made um, a living in music and I make six figures a year, been doing that for a while. Um, and I want everyone to hear this took me a lot of years to get to that number. But basically, until I could get past the number, get past the focus, of money, I feel like I never really did the work I wanted to do. I never served people the way I wanted to, and I never really operated in this place of freedom. And money can be a really um it can be a thing that can choke the creativity and choke the life out of you, and that's the last thing you want when you are operating in a creative field such as mastering or mixing or engineering and songwriting. So for me, music was, uh, something that I thought I could make money on. I originally had a goal to replace my salary that I was making before I was at Nashville, which was was making 36 grand a year at my last job. And I thought if I could make that off music, I would just be tickled and be so happy. And, um, took me a couple of years to do that after I moved. And once I made that kind of swap of income, <clears throat> I found myself in this position of now, what do I do that I've made the money? And for a lot of people out there, maybe 36,000 sounds unattainable. Maybe it sounds like nothing. Um, to me at this stage, it's, it doesn't seem like very much money based on what I know now about what it takes to run a company, pay your taxes, maintain the gear or computer, even just software. Um, you know, if you have a CPA or a lawyer involved, your money gets spent very quickly. Um, and so I had to quickly shift, at least in Nashville, to living in a major city, which, once again, this is 100% my choice to choose this lifestyle, choose where I live, to choose. The types of things I want to want to buy and how I want to work, um, but money is just such a moving target. And I found, after I began to make the money to replace my salary, I wanted to make more money. Six figures was always in in my mindset, and um, as I got closer and closer to six figures, and then made it, um, I remember just being like, "Hmm, nothing changed." <laughs> Like, I can buy more things in theory, but having more money does not reduce problems. Um, If anything, what I have learned is that the higher up I get, if you're making six figures a year, you're probably doing a good amount of work. Um, You might be working with bigger clients. And the only thing that I can testify to is that I have more problems now than I did when I made less money and the mental and emotional strength I have to have now is probably like five X what it was when I first started. And so I strongly believe that until you have like an extremely strong and focused mental and emotional stability and you know how to communicate with people and work on projects and not take it personally it is really hard to make the money and then maintain it or even grow further. Um, And that's just, that's my story. Like, until until I stopped caring about the number and understanding that my worth is not in money, money is just a medium. It allows us to do the work we want to do, serve people better potentially, but money comes and goes. And that's just how... The universe is. It just comes and it goes. You you will always have bills to pay. Uh, you will always have to work pretty much. Uh, maybe maybe you get to a point where you don't have to work. You have passive income or you've made smart investments. But for most people, uh, there's always going to be bills that need paid. So money will come in and money will go out. And that's just how it is. And to be so hyper-focused on a number or on $100,000 is like it's just you're focused on the wrong thing um, and that will not allow you to do the work you really want to do. That will most likely allow you to make the six figures, which is the whole irony of money and this episode is like, for me anyway, until I surrendered that desire to be able to tell people I make this amount of money, I really didn't <laughs> do the work I wanted to do I felt like and I felt like I was just consumed about money getting more projects making more money and um, until I gave that up then you know it was a really hard go so that's my opening monologue Matt what are your thoughts?
1: I think that over the past call it seven minutes you were talking I (laughs) coughed a handful of times and people in 2020 got really nervous on the other end of the line (laughs) Because if you cough in 2020, uh, you know what that No, I don't (laughs) have anything, but yeah. You you have like an inkling in the back of your head. Like you watch people on TV from like a really old TV show and they're like hugging. You're like, holy shit, what are they doing? (laughs) (laughs) In an old movie. I think my wife and I were watching uh, Remember the Titans or something a few weeks ago. And like everyone's like kind of hugging and happy and they're like, oh, they're standing next to each other and it stands like what's going on? And uh I'm really interested to see how people react coming out of 2020. And uh, so that's my thought. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. (coughs) In in reality, I just made some jasmine tea that was insanely too potent. So, (laughs) (laughs) yeah. So, rivals the... uh, This jasmine tea definitely rivals the best... uh, uh, the best peated scotch that, uh, <laughs> that that money can buy at your local package store, so anywho um, yeah, all me being a bitch aside, money um, I like your story I appreciate you I appreciate you sharing it. Um, Thank you, kind of uh, a little bit onto uh, my side of the aisle yes, yeah, share, please. Um, so it's like Matt, where do you fit into this? And it's like, do I run a six-figure studio? No, I do not. Um why? Um frankly, I just don't have the time to. Um if I had the time to dedicate to it, uh I definitely would. Uh time, the the two tools that I like, really weigh and levy are time and money. And uh I really don't even give a shit about money because time is such at like this point in my life it's such a precious commodity mm-hmm. that it's like if I'm not there for bedtime tonight I can never get that back. So if I can't say goodnight to my kids tonight I can never get that back. Yeah. And uh <clears throat> that to me is just something I'm not really willing to trade to uh be working late and whatnot in order to make this plus another job work. Um, with that said, um, I never talk about the other company on here, and I probably still won't just because it's not necessarily relevant. However, uh, uh, it's a company that I own and it's a company that I built. and uh, mm, We'll just say, tip, like if people ask me about it, I tell them, but uh, I don't come out here and say it because I don't really feel like plugging the company. Um but yeah that's a seven figure company and <laughs> yes. uh, and and substantially over that so that's as much as I'm going to say about that and uh it's doing really well we're really proud of it and uh only I, we're right over the five year mark with it and it's had some uh substantial growth and actually the 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 one of the most difficult challenges with it has been to manage the growth and not grow too fast, which is not bragging, but whenever you start a company, I feel like I'm like setting off this like mic with like the pa 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 a lot. I if I am, I apologize to <laughs> I'll fix Sam and it. Sam and post. So in post. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, that company has had some really uh, fun rides, some scary times, some some high times, and uh, we're really proud of what we've done with it and where we've built it to and where we see it going kind of into uh, 2021. I believe this episode will air end of September, early October. So yeah, we actually have some really cool stuff coming out in the fall and then the early, late winter, early spring of next year. So that'll be that'll be really fun. However, so getting on, getting on to money and off that business, um, whenever you do have that type of a system, uh, you typically have, as Sam said, you, more money technically does equal more problems just because you're, I guess it's the whole, I think there's like a biblical proverb that like when you're, when you, um, when you're able to be trusted, uh, with more, you're given more. It's all, what was it, like, unto whom can, unto, like, who, whatever. Like, a lot can be trusted, a lot more be given, whatever the hell
0: <laughs> it is, as I swear <laughs> when I
1: quote the Bible. Um, so, <laughs> trusted <laughs> with little, real, trusted like, with a lot? Yeah, something like that. So, <laughs> um, so and that, that thing that you are trusted a lot with, you are paid uh, more substantially for. However, there is a higher stress level, and you have to... Manage substantially more um, I think it'd be fun to do the mastering business full time but I'm not ready to get out of the other business just because I'm having too much fun with it um, so I don't mind like this morning I got here I left my house at 5.10 and I got here at 5.20 5.25 this morning and right now we're recording in East Coast time it's almost 5pm and I mean it's like I've had like cup of coffee and a few cups of tea, and just it just is what it is and it, it's not a it's not a schedule that really bothers me, but um I do have a plan if anyone would like to hear a plan <laughs> on how to scale a mastering business up to six figures regardless of where you are it's just whether or not you're ready to have and to handle that yeah um so the the biggest thing though is I feel like there's like a really large misconception about money, and I don't know is it like an like an image thing is it um like like, who are you doing it for, right? What's the point of it, and like why is it important to you? Do you think you're gonna have less problems because you are like because you have more money um I feel it's more of like it's not necessarily like more of a burden. It's definitely nice being able to like purchase things that you like and whatnot and um. Uh, it's like, I never take any, I also say I never take any of my personal cash. It's just like how I like run my businesses. I never take any of my personal cash post a timeline that I set. So let's call the mastering business. I think post, I started it in 2014. I don't think I invested any personal money in it after the first eight months to a year and i've kind of like made that my thing i didn't want to put my personal money into it and i wanted any growth that it made to be on its own dime and merit so um it's like that that type of that type of stuff is fun and so it's like when you kind of view it like that you you kind of view money as a tool as opposed to like an asset that you have because it's like what are you going to do when you have it you're just going to spend it on stupid crap <laughs> So it's like i you might as well take it, and you might as well make it work for you. I mean, there was a conversation that sam and i was Sam and I were having a few weeks ago um we were talking we were talking about the stock market or something like that, and a few people of in in my company were uh investing in Tesla when it was like seven or eight hundred dollars I was like, man, that's like I was like I'm not saying that's a bad idea, and Tesla right now is like trending like sixteen twenty or something like that right now. And it's like, I'm not saying that's a bad idea. I was just like saying, it's like, ah, it's a little too rich for my blood. Well, now they're kind of like sitting all high and happy and all that. And, <laughs> you know, good for them. Um, and I'm sure in September, this will air after Tesla has their big um, brouhaha where they're supposed to announce the million-mile battery. At least it's thought they're going to announce that. And uh, so I'm sure it's going to skyrocket even further, which uh, which good for them. So, Um, I was saying, you know, it's like I could take $5,000 and I could invest it in Tesla or I could take $5,000 and invest it in a massive passive. Um, And so this was like a little little while ago. And I was like, as of right now, I have made more money off the massive passive than I have off of the stock market as Mm -hmm. opposed to like, the like rate of diminishing return and whatnot and then the interest rates you're gonna get off that stuff. So it's like, you know, you have like you have different things you can kinda like play with and you have different like strategies and ways you can use like the tools that you have. Um but I don't know. It's like as for me, I just I just view money as a tool and yeah. uh however I use it. It's like if I wanted to help pay for like my kids' preschool or something like that or um I don't know. It's like we want a bigger TV or something like, I don't know. It's like, you can just take some cash from that and you can go, you can go and help out. Um, but yeah, it's like, I, I don't know. I, in general, like I said, I, in general view money as a tool and, but my biggest, my biggest commodity and the reason why money doesn't matter is because it's not the commodity that I really trade. It's not the most precious commodity. um, and I don't know. It's like maybe, like I imagine, a handful of y'all are older than me. I'm 31. Sam, what you're 32, correct? Um, so, I don't know, older or younger. It's like I, I imagine at some point in uh, each one of y'all's life, um, the most important commodity will be time. And as for me right now, uh, time is my most a precious commodity. And I feel like a lot of people don't learn that until later on in life. Yeah. And uh typically you don't recognize it until you're out of it. Um but yeah, so that's uh the, that that's kind of where I am. I don't know if any of that made sense.
0: No, if it makes i I kind of sense. look at the
1: waveform. <laughs> look at the waveform and I'm like, "Man, I just rambled for how long?" <laughs> so, that's uh that's kind of where I am. That's kind of how I look at money. Um it's why it doesn't really matter to me, and it's like I can and, and people can be like, oh well, yeah, of course it doesn't matter to you when you have money. It's like I had years when, uh, when I used to live uh, not not in Charleston, running a cigar store. Um, there was a year I made eleven thousand dollars, right? And so that was difficult. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like I've I've done the whole gambit, and the fun thing is. Uh, my wife and I met, we we actually met at a church and we were both helping out with a youth program. I was doing all the AV for it and uh, she was one of the the leaders and I'm also out of my siblings, probably the least likely to meet their spouse at a church. Um, Let's put that out there. Um, But it's like, we both met, I had my own business, she had her own business and when we met and started doing like life together, dating and whatnot, like I don't think either of us had ever been more poor than we were when we met. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's like you kind of just like realize that you that, that nothing is actually sometimes more precious than like than having a lot because it's like I couldn't imagine if like we met now. And then it's, like, trying to figure out how, like, your life fits together, like, financially and all this other stuff. And it's, like, we met when we had nothing. And she was running her own. She had a uh, she had a business that essentially, like, they bottled furniture and whatever, like, the whole. Um, you, you remember, like, there was, like, a trend. It was, uh, it might still be a trend. Like, they, like, chalk paint, like, furniture and uh-huh, stuff like that. Uh-huh. Yeah, and kind of, like, yeah, it just kind of, like, revives it and whatnot. Well, that was the name of her store was Revival Designs. And, uh yeah, so I mean those those are some of our most cherished days. Yeah, so I also converted her from being a vegan. So <laughs> I got I got my uh, I, I think I either cooked a steak or chicken. Regardless, it was the first like meat she had eaten in I don't know a year, year and a half. She's like, damn it, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> so there you go. Like a lot of progress can be made when you <laughs> when you buy Harris Teeter chicken for I don't know what was it was like a dollar ninety nine a pound. It mm-hmm. was pretty good. Mm-hmm. So. Whatever. So yeah, you don't you don't need money. Some of the most fun times I ever had was when I had broke as shit. Right. <laughs> so yeah, I don't know. What do you think, Sam?
0: No, Coming I off the I rail mean, there. I, I agree. Like my wife and I have been married almost ten years, and we got married when we were broke as a joke, heavily in student loan debt, no money to our names. I was in a band making next to no money. She was. Babysitting. We were living downtown Chicago with six people in one house. Wow. That is how we started. We started like in a 10 by 10 bedroom with six other people in a house. That was our newlywed experience for the first year. That sounds Um, terrible. It was. We shared a bathroom with the drummer in our band who was my wife's ex. And um ah. yeah, it's a fun one um and and oddly enough it was, it was totally fine, actually, but um you know i've my story is literally that of mm. I started music with nothing in debt, and now I am not in debt as far as people think debt. There's a whole other topic on how you leverage debt <laughs> to make a lot of money, but for I mean debt like money is yeah, a tool. Right. But it's
1: like I think there's a difference however between like personal debt and business debt.
0: Right. Yes. That's what so I'm talking about. So is- personal
1: debt I don't really view as much of a tool as I do business debt. Right.
0: Like so- I said that's a whole other day. <clears throat> yeah. Um but yeah, I mean we we had we had a great Our marriage has been very good overall. It's been I I love being married. Um I don't regret getting married at all. Uh it has its up and ups and downs, but overall, it's always been up, for the most part. And um, we've worked really hard on it. And a lot of my best times are before we had money. I also have a lot of great times now with money. Um, I think for me, the you know time is extremely important to me. A lot of people out there listening. My mindset used to be like, well. The way you get time is by having money. Because if you have money, then you have all this free time. And it's partially true. I don't think I
1: could disagree with that more.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah. I was gonna say I I, I
1: don't <laughs> think I could disagree with a statement <laughs> that's come out of your right. mouth more. <laughs> but that's <laughs> what, like you're agreeing with it.
0: Right. I'm saying that's how I used to think was that money is the solution to time. Um and it's par for me, it's partially true, but um, The whole idea of money is just... There's so much noise out there within the internet and our industry that is obsessed with money and making a certain amount. And for me, I was heavily uneducated on understanding that, you know, Matt has mentioned before, like what you take home as far as like after expenses and taxes... You know, may, you could make a hundred grand a year off sales, but that doesn't mean you're taking a hundred grand home. And you could be someone who makes thirty grand a year and has very low overhead, and someone who makes a hundred thousand a year but has high overhead. That person who made a hundred grand that year could end up being broke. Where you could be making, say, thirty grand a year with minimum expenses, you're going to make more money. Than that person who has the hundred grand, and I think it's really important for everyone to always map out your goals, and also to, for me too, <laughs> this is something I've debated for the last few years. Is like I could make more money if I was to expand my company potentially. If I wanted to hire an assistant, like a full time assistant, to start setting up all the sessions and do a lot of the legwork for me, um, hire someone to do full-time email communication so I don't have to deal with anyone, I could potentially make more money if I am able to convert the amount of money I pay them you know, into profit because I can do, quote-unquote, more mastering. And for me, at the end of the day, time is super valuable to me. And... Um, Also finding fulfillment in my work and having good community and relationships is really important to me. And this gets into the idea that you need to figure out for yourself what you want to do with your life and how you want to spend your finite time and money, essentially. And they kind of play off each other, at least in my life. And I've decided pretty, as of now pretty strongly that I don't want to expand my business um, by hiring more people so that I can knock out more songs. I've found personally that I enjoy the relationships I have with people. I enjoy communicating with people. I enjoy the process of getting clients, talking to clients, troubleshooting with clients. I enjoy dumping files, downloading files. I've found so much joy in the mundane that Um, that making more money for the sake of making more money just does not appeal to me. There's no um, real joy expansion at this stage for me to make 20 more grand a year. Like you've hit for me at least. And I think there's like a pretty good study on this that shows like once you make X amount of money and I'm talking about basically in America, I think it's like 70 grand or something. It's like once you make 70 grand a year, um, you have enough money basically to kind of live a pretty good lifestyle, probably go on vacation, probably have a little breathing room if you live like a, a middle class, a little above middle class maybe lifestyle and your amount of joy doesn't then increase as quickly as it did from that zero to 70 grand a year. And don't quote me on that 70 grand. It's something around there. Maybe it's 80. But I found that to be true in my life of like, once I could pay my base bills of not having to worry like, is there going to be enough money this month to pay my mortgage, my electrical, blah, blah, blah. My level of stress went down or more so it shifted because like I said before, the higher up you get, um, the more uh, pressure, the projects you do, they hold, they just hold more weight. There's more intensity into them. So if you're not careful, you can trade the stress of not having money to you get money. And now you're stressed about having money, but also losing that money. If the project you're working on with the label goes south And all of a sudden, this $5,000 project is just poof, goes out of your, you know, out of your Mm month. As opposed to when you just start and maybe you don't charge a lot and you're not even doing albums, you're doing a single and say you charge like 50 (coughs) bucks a song. Well, losing $50 is, you know, a lot less skin in the game than losing 5,000. And then your reputation is on the line because people actually know your work as opposed to when you're just starting, no one gives a crap about you. (laughs) So. There's a whole other set of um, stress and tools you have to have in order to uh, stay a healthy person and and continue to not attach your identity and happiness to your work and to your money. Um, and so for me, I had to really figure out, you know, money is good, money is a tool, but once again it's limited good and that money is just such a moving target. And at this stage for me, um, knowing what I do about business now 12 years in, six figures is just not very impressive. Like, I don't say that to poo-poo money or people that make six figures, but I say it as like, six figures should not be your goal. That is a limited goal. That is a ceiling goal. That is an assumption that six figures is like the end all be all and will guarantee you some sort of stability, which you don't as you get higher, it's more competitive. So I actually feel like now for me, there's less stability than when I first started. Um, because I'm constantly being compared to higher ups and people have money so they can go anywhere. Whereas when you're lower, it's just, it's just not as intense. Um, Being on this side of it, I feel like there is less stability overall, but I just, you know, there's more saturation of work coming in, so it makes you maybe feel more stable. Um, But from project to project, it can feel less stable, um, personally. But it's just what I want to say is like, you should, if you're out there, you should make your goal. To me, if I was doing it again, I would make goals on what I like want to accomplish as a human. Maybe that's, for me, that's still like, I want to eventually have a free studio, which will require money, but that's a whole other different topic. But it's, you know, you need to make your goals based on what you want out of life. And sometimes that requires money and sometimes that doesn't, but You will not be happy and satisfied until you give up the burden of X amount of money, be it 50 grand, 60 grand, 80 grand, 100 grand, 200 grand, a million bucks. Whatever that number is, if you do something long enough and consistent enough, you will make that money. And that's something I think a lot of people need to hear out there is like, if you are in audio right now and if you legitimately work on it, Five out of seven days a week for ten years, you are going to be successful. Like you just, it's just a numbers game because most people quit, and you'll be the the local expert. And um, that's how a lot of businesses work. If you can just sustain the first few years and keep putting out a consistent product, you just kind of default become more popular because you haven't given up and you've sustained it. So, um, I just want to encourage everybody out there that, like. If you are enamored or you're romanticizing six figures or what you think you know you need to make to feel good about yourself, that when you hit that number, yes, it's exciting. Yes, it's worth celebrating, but it's also it's gonna leave you like extremely empty if that has been your whole focus of your career. Um, and that's me speaking from experience of like, the question I ask everybody, and we've talked about it before, is what are you going to do when you make the money? So you make a hundred grand, and now what? You wake up the next day, the same person, like, and maybe now you can buy a piece of gear you want or a different car or something. But at the end of the day, you're still you. You're still going to have just about the same insecurities, maybe more. Who knows? But, um, and also within all this, I want everybody to hear me. I love my life. Like, I have a great life. This isn't a like a woe is me story or moment. Um, I can attest that I much rather be on the side of, of making money than always be scrambling for money. Um, but I want everybody out there just to know, like, you have unlimited potential. We live in a universe that has the gift of creation and because of that there is infinite possibility of making money and creating things and so my mindset is always like the work will never run out because every day people create music basically out of thin air that didn't exist and because that gets created because a songwriter wakes up one day and goes I have an idea I had this idea for a song while I was in the shower today and they sing it and then someone puts music to it and then it gets mixed and then it gets sent to me and then I get paid like and then we sell it and they get money like we live in a, a potentially abundant industry which is beautiful and that's why I always tell people like there's plenty of work and I say that because there literally is infinite work to be created every day and will continue to be created and it's your job to find people that you can serve and if you focus on that first, the money will come by default um, after a long period of time, most likely, which is extremely common. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, pretty much, I mean, I just... For me, the last thing I want to say in wrap is, like, you can... You can achieve whatever you want. You can make as much money as you want. It's very easy. Reverse engineer it, meaning... Take amount of projects, time the amount of your rate, and that equals what you're going to make. And if you want to make more, you got to either do more projects or charge more money or both. It's extremely simple. And then you find those people by basically finding a target market and then play the law of numbers, which is like 1 out of 10%, or like a 3% conversion rate is pretty high, but I feel like in music you can do like 1, to, 1 out of 10, so like 10% if you're really talking to 10 people a day. So in a matter of a few years, like you can be crushing it and making the amount of money you want. You just got to be consistent with it. So um, so I'm going to hand it off to you, Matt. What do you think?
1: So I'll <clears throat> also say that today, like, like how we normally say this, the whole like, like this moment's not all moments. It's like today is not all days.
0: Yes. Essentially,
1: like if you do make this money now... There is absolutely nothing guaranteeing you that you will be making this cash in the future. That's true. It's like if 2020 has showed you anything, it's that everything can change in the blink of an eye. And if your studio wasn't like rock solid with clientele who's just pumping stuff at you, you may have had a little bit of a slow time. Over like since March, and this is August, we're recording. It's like I probably had. Four, four and a half, like and kind of spread out, uh, like slow, like the equivalent of that meant that much time of like slow time. But I mean, it doesn't mean that, like, it's like I'm still able to do what I'm doing because of how I financially set myself up. Mm-hmm. And so I do that every single year, and I plan how, like, not like how are we going to survive a pandemic. I'm not thinking about that every year, but it's like how are we going to approach this upcoming year. What are we going to do with our clients to make sure that we're moving forward with the best foot forward? Um, so just know that like today is not all days, and like this is not like this moment is not all moments. So it's like anything can really be taken from you. Right? Like this is all very finite stuff that really, in the grand scheme of things, does not really matter all all that much. Um, what do I have written down here? Let's see what I got written down here. I can't read my own handwriting. So, if we were to put together a list of a way that somebody could be take their studio and make six figures in five years, mm-hmm. I think that's relatively doable. Absolutely. You got to hustle the hell out of it. But I think it's doable. Granted, you would have to have the craft— like, and if you like were called like a, Dixon, a a decent mix engineer, mastering engineer producer, whatever, and you had like the chops, not like you're starting from zero and you go to a hundred grand. yeah, if you were to do it, how would you do it?
0: I mean, the first thing I would do is I would reverse engineer like I was saying, I would take a hundred thousand dollars and divide it into. Per day, what you have to make to do? And we're that. talking gross. Yeah, I mean, I, I would, would just say
1: start with gross and not net because you could always scale this up. Right. And, uh, I don't know if we. I, I don't think we touched on this, but gross income is like all of the income that there is, like all the money yeah. in the pot. Right. Net income is after you paid this guy and this guy and this bill and this bill and this part of overhead and, oh, there's that rent guy who wants money. (laughs) After you've paid all that, whatever is left in the pot is called net income. Yeah. So... Gross income, it's like people who are like, I made six figures. It's like, well, yeah, on your balance sheet or your P and L, yeah, it says that that's a gross amount. Right. But your net income says you lost <laughs> Right. You lost seven grand. Right. So which could be intentional.
0: Right. So Yeah, I mean if I was if I was starting over, I mean I I did this I did this exact same thing, reverse engineered my money I wanted to make. So if you wanted to make a hundred grand like a year, you basically have to make let me quick do it here a hundred
1: grand also gross i in the state of south carolina yeah- Car- south Carolina, and just taxes alone is seventy eight thousand net
0: yeah, so you have to make um eight thousand three hundred and thirty three dollars a month is what you need to make there's you know hundred grand, you could divide it by weeks, fifty two weeks, you need to make nineteen hundred a week. So if you're making nineteen hundred a week, you divide that by seven, you need to make two hundred and seventy four dollars a day. That's if you're working seven days a week. I highly don't recommend working seven days Mm -hmm. a week. So if we take fifty two weeks times just five days a week, that only gives you two hundred and sixty days of work time. That allows you to have Saturday and Sunday off always. So if we do that with the 100000 then that gives you $384 a day is what you have to make Monday through Friday to hit $100,000. $384 is not very much money when you are working. If you're working 40 hours a week, that would be eight hours a day. So, eight hours, that means you're making 48 bucks an hour. $48 an hour is a pretty, like 50 bucks an hour is a very standard rate for professional audio. So, can you charge that rate year one if you don't have the chops yet? I would probably say at this stage, yes, you can, but there's so many people to disagree and I would, probably on some level disagree with myself but say you charge 25 bucks an hour if that was your goal if you're working by the hour or you can do flat rate day rates which you know if you do a day rate at 400 bucks a day with a band if you're engineering you're gonna cross a hundred thousand dollars your first year um, but say you make 25 bucks an hour the first year you're pulling in $50,000 and that's year one and um, so then, if you up your rate, say to thirty-five, then you just up ten bucks more an hour a week, or up uh, ten bucks more an hour. So by that, you'll make like seventy, ish thousand. Then you up your rate again to just go ahead and go to the fifty after thirty-five. Don't stop at forty-five or something.
1: Mm-hmm. Just
0: make it fifty. To me, because that's psychologically. The brain is very interested in how it views money and jumping basically people will pay you like after twenty-five bucks to fifty is all the same for most people. Mm. And then so I would just jump to that. That's more the type
1: of person who would be paying
0: that at that point. Exactly. Yeah. So then you jump to fifty. As soon as you start making fifty bucks an hour, you're gonna make and you're working full time, 40 hours a week, then you're making a hundred grand a year. I think if I started over knowing what I do now with the resources that are available and if I actually just believed and trust in the process that I can charge a professional rate way sooner than I think, way sooner than being like, oh, I need to have credits to my name before I can charge X amount of rate. It's so stupid because you 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 can get everyone started from nothing. Like I got my first label gig charging next to no money. Like, and I wish I would have charged more from the start. Like, people need to know that things cost money on the professional level. That is just business brand value 101. Like, if you are listening to me today and you charge more money, like, just start charging more money, you are going to make more money. I promise you. Like, it just, that's just how it works especially if you keep marketing and people listening might be going like, well, who, how do I find these people? Like that'll pay me 50 bucks an hour. I can't even find anybody to pay me 20 bucks an hour or 10 bucks an hour. And the reason you can't find people to pay you 10 or 20 bucks an hour or commit to that is because that's the type of client that sucks. Like, (laughs) yes, that is the type of client who is flaky, who will have a million revisions and who is in it just for a transaction. They see and who's, not,
1: and who's gonna like suck at paying you too? Exactly. They see You're gonna no, be chasing that ten dollars.
0: Yes, forever. They don't see any value in what you do if they're paying you ten bucks because no. you're charging ten bucks. So why would they see any value in what you offer when you're charging next to no money? That's just how it works. If you would like to disagree with me on that one, that is fine. And I may have disagreed with myself when I if. If some guy would have been saying these things to me 10 years ago, I'd have probably be like, this guy's stupid. He doesn't understand what it's like to be in my town or my situation. And no one cares, blah, blah, blah. I've been there. It's all true, all valid, all part of the process. But there is a different way to go about it. And you can make $100,000. I don't even want to put a time limit because maybe you could do it year one. Like it's possible <laughs> you could. I think within five years, well, I know you can in five years because I made a hundred grand within five years. Like I did this while stumbling through it. So if you just apply any of the wisdom that we've shared on our podcast, and probably be worth reading just business books in general from other industries where like a hundred grand to a lot of companies is like just. <laughs> It's, a, <laughs> it's
1: kind of chump change. It's chump
0: change. Yeah, it's like irrelevant. Like the music industry's view on money for most people is, is like so low compared to like selling t-shirts or, you know, real estate or something like that. Um, so anyway, that's, I mean, how I would do it is like, I would stay in my lane. I would charge like a higher rate sooner and I would be consistent every day and reverse engineer how much do I need to charge or make per day per project. And then that'll spit out a number of clients you need. So if you need, say, you need 30 clients a month or something, then I would make sure I talk to 3,000 people that year. Mm. And and that's it. Like, If you talk to 3,000 people in a year, you can land 30 clients. That'll pay your professional rate. It's really that simple. And I wish someone would have told me that a long time ago. Of like, hey, if you just knock on 100 doors, email doors, Instagram doors a day, you're going to have more work than you know what to do with. If you do that for a whole What's year. That, 1%? Yeah,
1: 1%. I think the typical conversion rate is 2. So you can probably get by on 1,500 people. Exactly. I'm if just, that gives you any more confidence. Right.
0: It really, like, for our audience out there... Making a hundred thousand dollars make oh, I will say this getting to the hundred thousand dollars is really hard, and then after that, to me it's easy to keep going um, well,
1: but because it's, it's all you're focusing on, yeah,
0: once you get past that, it's like people say like making your first million is the hardest, and then after that like it's easy and like it's it's the same thing of like when your obsession is is with money your vision gets cloudy, your motive gets cloudy, your approach to people gets cloudy because you just see them as money signs. And until you can just see it as like money is a byproduct of creating this awesome thing called music and being a part of someone's life for a blip and then creating something that came literally out of nothing and now is here forever, if that's your approach, people are going to just throw money at you if you approach them that way. and it'll just, it'll work itself out. I promise. So that's how I do it. I mean, it really is just, it's a it's a numbers game. You know, if you hit up enough people, you're going to land enough clients. Most people, mm-hmm. most people will hear this podcast and be like, ah, I can do it. Yeah, I'm going to do it. And you'll do it for like a week and then you'll quit. And that's fine. like, it's, it's going to require you to go. Okay, I missed a couple days here of marketing or like talking to people. I'm going to try again. And you and you have the luxury and the beauty of like, you can try it as many times as you want. You can you can start over again and start reaching out to people. But if you want to be someone that makes six figures, it's going to take a lot of commitment. But it's not rocket science. Like lots of people do it. Um, I'm a testimony of someone who's doing it who makes. Six figures only on mastering. I don't sell an e course, Matt, and I don't make any money off this podcast. <laughs> we, um, you know, I don't. I think
1: we're two hundred dollars <laughs> from breaking even on the merch. Exactly.
0: Though. We there's made, a
1: merch plug coming up, y'all. Yeah,
0: we made merchandise not to make money. We made merchandise to break even because we thought it would be fun to have. Well, some Well, we made merchandise. merchandise
1: to make community. We don't right <laughs> not to make money.
0: So yeah, so like I'm someone who. I don't sell anything except mastering. Like that's where I make my money. Um, I do maybe ten percent mixing, but I make a hundred grand off mastering a year uh, plus. And I just I say that because it's I want people to know it's doable. It's not weird. You can do it if you get enough clients going. If you reverse engineer it, you can do it. Um, and if you need help figuring this out, talk to Matt and I, Matt. Matt makes more money than I do on a different company in a different industry, so he's got even more extensive knowledge on how to scale things incredibly well um, but it's but if you're listening to this, you know make sure you take your advice from people who make money off records and not off all the other things they sell, like courses and books and sample packs and that is yeah, a I completely. That is a fine way to make a living, but that doesn't mean they make a living off their music, and it also doesn't mean they're taking home at the end of the day. You see so many music guys, well, not even music guys, people are just like, well, I sold a million dollars of beats. It's like, yeah, but you spent $950,000 on ads. Like, Mm -hmm. (laughs) so you made $50,000 this year, and you had to make a shit ton of beats. Like... (laughs) And you don't own any of them. You exclusively write, license them, subscribe them. Like it's You have to be so careful in this industry to check people out, check their credibility. Are they making records? Are they doing the thing that you're trying to do? Really, that's it. If you want to be a mix engineer and someone's telling you how to make money off mixing, just Google them or have a conversation with them and say, Hey, what are some of the records you've made? And if you listen to them and go, these sound like crap, then that's probably not somebody you want to like follow and invest into and take like much allow them to have a lot of weight into your life. So you know what the craziest business like thing that I've
1: ever heard of? What? So we'll I'll say this and then and then we'll get to wrapping up. Yeah, so if that's right. uh, if I'm... Sam in the future wants to cue up some music, you can <laughs> get your finger ready. Yes. So uh, I was talking to our CFO and one of his like he's like a part-time CFO that we only have him in maybe once a month or so. During COVID, it'd be like every week, like early COVID, just like, hey, let's monitor stuff. Um, and uh we learned that one of his other clients had a Um, I don't know if it was like a tire store or wholesale or something like that. Um, He was a $50 million business, and that was his gross. But his net, because there's so little markup in tires, and this isn't his personal, this is his business net, was $1 million. Hmm. Isn't that insane? Yeah. Like I looked at him, and I was like, why the hell is... it Like, why are you not advising him to get into another line of work? <laughs> <laughs> that is literally the worst business venture I think I've ever heard of. So, anywho. I think we've said all we want to say on this. Yeah. Sam, you say so? Oh, I'm good, man.
0: Cool. I am good.
1: Cool. I hope this wasn't a weird episode. We didn't really intend for it to be. Um... People get tied up in money for stupid reasons, and we think it's a stupid reason to get tied up in money so you should not do that, and you should make uh actual goals for your life and be a happy person with those actual goals and yeah, but I mean, if work is your life, then hell, just bust it out and i mean make as much cash as you want uh if that's uh if that's what you're into so no shame either way. Um, just know that if you're setting goals that kind of low you're going to end up in a little bit of a complex of whoa, okay not now what So, and you're always going to be hitting that odd then what complex mm-hmm. so <clears throat> anywho uh, what do I want to plug first oh yeah the sweet beat that's probably playing in the background <laughs> made by the lovely Sam Moses if you like what's playing in the background head on over to bezabeats.com check out one of Sam's beats What I'm going to do, and I thought of this while I was mowing my grass because I listened to this podcast when I mow my grass. I listened to the episodes we haven't published yet. And uh, I was like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to make my own beat company. I'm going to call it Pizza (laughs) Peets. And I'm going to be a rival beat company, Sam. I love it. You better watch out for it. I'm coming for you. Come on. With my Pizza Peets.
0: Pizza Peets. Let's do it.
1: Bees Beats and Pizza (laughs) Peets. Coming at you. I'll take the intro one week. You can take the outro, and then we'll switch. And we'll have voting on who likes what.
0: I mean, I'm down for that. You can definitely make some beats if you want. For I'm not going to do. I'm not going to get anywhere (laughs) near that idea.
1: So, anywho, if you like this beat, go over to BezaBeats.com and uh, give Sam some love. Uh, If you would like some Attack and Release Show merch, we got some mugs, we got some glasses, we got some socks. We would love to sell you any of those. Someone just bought a double thing of. Resting glasses, thank you very much to whoever you are.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, This was in August, so if you're listening to this in October, I hope you're enjoying them thoroughly in the cooler (laughs) weather that is right in front of you. So, uh, yeah, I don't think I have anything left to say, so uh, morning, afternoon, evening, whatever you're having, have a darn good one. Sam? Matt? Cue the music.
0: Yo, A! See y'all.